What's going on, everyone? My name is Chris Sondervold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where I interview indie artists, content creators, athletes, and small business owners who share how they continually discover and maintain a balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. In this episode, we featured Dr. Patel Aklilu of Kalai Chiropractic, a Black-owned, woman-led company located in Alexandria, Virginia. I've been seeing Dr. A for a couple of years and was one of the first ones to follow her to the new practice. As most of you know, I've been dealing with back pain for years. Chiropractic care has been one of the few things that have relieved the pain. I was definitely looking forward to sitting down and talking to her about how she got into chiropractic care and the negative perception that it has, balancing a business while trying to care for people, the broken healthcare system, and finding her passion. Kalai Chiropractic is on a mission to spread the power of holistic care during perinatal and pediatric periods in order to change the health trajectory of children and communities that need it the most. If you want to get adjusted and see all that the team at Kalai has to offer, visit their website at www.kalai.org. That's www.kelaii.org. With all the talk about back pain, I just wanted to give you all a quick update. I will be having back surgery near the end of June. I've been dealing with back pain for years, roughly about six or seven, at least when I got rear-ended twice, uh, once in 2015, then once in 2017. Not a good feeling. Finally, someone was willing to try to fix me up, but what that means for the show is that I will be actually welcoming some guest hosts. I've been really appreciative of everyone's support and well wishes, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what the guest episodes will turn out to be. Hopefully you are too. Keep an eye out for some announcements for who they are. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and share the show if you can. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. What I want to get into is kind of the the new practice that you have and the beginnings of that, and then also the beginnings of how you even got into practicing chiropractic. I think that's the way that I use it, right? Chiropractic care, chiropractic, I don't know. I've heard it used like that. You could say chiropractic. Okay. All right. Yeah. So how did you pursue this? Because you went to school for it. Was that a conscious decision? Did you always want to be in the medical field? Yes. Yes and no. So in undergrad, I went to, I was, a, I was pre-med. Okay. So like everyone else, I left high school and I thought, oh, I know I want to be a doctor. I had already seen the vision of I want to take care of people. I love how that makes me feel. Growing up, I was the oldest of four. Okay. Or am the oldest of four. So, you know, taking care of people and being seen in that light of the caregiver almost, it just felt natural. Right. So with that, you know, being in the medical profession kind of seemed like it made sense. And my parents definitely pushed for, you know, we want our kids to be a doctor. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, okay, this is good. So I've always also been very good at, if I could have picked a profession when I was younger, there were two things. One, I wanted to be a mom because caregiving, right? Okay, yeah. I love taking care of people. The second was teaching. Okay. I love explaining things because that's how I learn best. So going to, to school, I was like, okay, I was thinking about it. And 
I, what I loved about medicine was taking the information I learned and using it to educate people. Yeah. And through that education, now adding a component of, I can now also do something to help you that, that seemed like it. So I graduated pre-med and I started working for a hospital and I was a medical scribe for about two years Okay. in the ER, in the emergency department. And in that experience, I learned one, I never want to work in the ER. (laughs) It's very intense, (laughs) isn't it? Yes. My first, my first patient was a gunshot victim. Wow. Okay. And it was, you know, gunshot wound to the head. It was intense. And as a newbie, as a new scribe, straight out of college, I'm looking at this experience going. This ain't it. This is, this is scary. This is a lot. This is what, what is happening in my world. Yeah. I just, I was so, I was so eager to learn. All I was doing was observing everyone. Okay. How were the nurses responding? How are the doctors acting? You know, what is everyone, you know, what is this like? Kind of like if you walked into an episode of ER. Right. That's how it felt to me. Like, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes, what's happening? It's funny. It felt like such a disconnect between the professionals and the patient. Okay. That like would make sense. There was not yeah. much to be done. Right. You know? Right. And that was my first experience. And then that went on for two years where it felt like this is, we're at the end. We're treating at the very end. You know, something bad has already happened and now we're here. Or we're here because we think something bad may happen. Right. Whether it's a heart attack or a stroke or this. And I realized I didn't like that part of medicine. And it took a while for me to verbalize that because I had said I want to be a doctor for so long. <laughs> and everyone kind of tried to tell me, well, this is just the ER, you know, other, the other fields aren't like this. And then I said, I don't want to be a pediatrician. <laughs> well, I think, I think too, like, especially in America, you know, we, we treat the symptoms instead of the whole person. And I think that's definitely something where you may have seen that almost straight out of the gate where like what you're talking about, you're treating just the end. You're treating when it's already done. What about all the preventative and the maintenance that we can do? And to your point about the knowledge piece and and teaching people, if we can teach them to be self-sustaining, healthy, and taking care of their bodies, obviously gunshots are going to happen, right? That's a little bit different, but you know, it could stop that heart attack, that stroke, that Whatever, whatever else that kind of comes along if you're just taking care of yourself. So that definitely, I would see that as just a, a complete mind shift for you as far as what you saw. I mean, like this definitely isn't it. This is not fitting my, my idea of taking care of people. I could definitely see that. And then it, it probably takes a while because you're so ingrained in it to actually like speak that out, right? Absolutely. It felt, I remember feeling like, well, if, if medicine isn't it, what is? Mm. It made me, I took the rose-colored glasses off, so to speak. And I was like, this is it. This is the healthcare system. This is medicine. This is doctors. And it made me, and I kept thinking to myself, I remember having this conversation with one of my cousins. I said, America isn't healthy, yeah. you know? And we don't, we don't have this, like, we're not doing stuff right. This isn't right. And my cousin would say, well, 
you know, we're the best and we've got all the technology and we have all the medicine. And I was like, something's wrong. Right. Because I'm seeing it. And it wasn't just the heart attacks and the strokes. I mean, the unplanned pregnancies, the amputations, you know, cases of diabetes, just uncontrolled people coming in because they don't have health insurance. And this was the first line of getting to a doctor. Case after case after case, it became very draining. And there was no education happening. Education does not happen in an ER for the most part. And it's, you know, it's nothing with the ER docs. They're there to treat. One ER physician I was working with said to me, I'm looking for the needle in the haystack. So now thinking back to it, he's like making sure that he's finding from all this hay, the one case that's going to be emergent right there and then. Right. Outside of that, it's referring out to where you need to be. So there were times where I thought, well, let's spend a little bit more time in this room and talk to this person about you know, X, Y, and Z, but the system isn't designed for that. Right. It's hard. Yeah, it's kind of designed to turn them out and get some money going, right? You said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, you can kind of kind of see it. Like I have I have friends that are are nurses, one that's an ER nurse in uh in Baltimore that that has gone through it for for sure. And you know, it is definitely the the unfortunate part where capitalism definitely takes a lot of the the care away, like what we were talking about, you know, that we focus so much on the symptoms and then, you know, the medicine to treat that specific symptom rather than trying to treat the whole person and be way more preventative. It's always a reactionary thing. So I, I can definitely see how that would be pretty daunting to to look at this and be like, this is we're just going through patients. We're not getting to know them. We're not being able to dig deeper and to find out what like the underlying stuff is. Because a broken leg is a broken leg, but what else is wrong with them? Or what else can we help? What else can we enhance? Would probably right. be a better way to put it, right? Right, absolutely. I don't remember which brother, but one of my brothers said to me, why do we have commercials about drugs? Right. But we don't have commercials about yoga or you know, have me hours of sleep we should be getting or what we should be eating. Our commercials are, you know, and our advertisements, our media is all surrounding, especially within healthcare, it's about some type of product that's supposed to give you an end result. Whether it's weight loss or helping some type of erectile dysfunction Mm -hmm. or, you know, Anything, you know, ask your doctor about how this can help your psoriasis. Right, right. All of these different things when really our doctors should really know us and see us and hear us. We should be going to them and saying, this is happening to me. This is what Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing. Help me understand what that means. So, yes, it is. It really is a system just the way that the system and capitalism, unfortunately, really works. It's all about the bottom dollar sometimes. Yep. And opening a business, it's been hard because now I have two hats. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've mm-hmm. got the entrepreneur and the doctor, and they call it doctorpreneur. <laughs> I don't. 
I, I, <laughs> I don't know about that yet, but it's different. Yeah. It's different. So before, before we go deep into that, cause I do want to talk about that. Cause I would imagine just from the work that I do on my own podcast that opening up an entire practice and trying to get all the different aspects of the business going is a very daunting task, especially if you don't want to be like out in the world, like out in the open, uh, which I definitely don't want to be, which is weird because I'd still try to do it with social media as much as possible. So it's a very uh, clash in there to like be able to put stuff out, but then also be too nervous to like put my face out there. Right. I want to go back into uh, so your emergency room, and then we figure out that we want to go and practice chiropractic care. Yes. So the emergency room had to stop. It was a great experience, but I realized I needed to continue to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I went into a nonprofit industry, worked for a nonprofit. Nonprofit was the other side of. The other extreme of we don't have the funding or yeah. we're overcrowded and we we have no we have nothing to give somebody. So while here you could at least give them medicine and make them more comfortable or do something right there and then on this end, I'm like, I don't know, the insurance company didn't pick up. <laughs> and <laughs> I felt I felt people were definitely saying, you know, over and over how helpful I was and how glad that I was how glad Mm -hmm. they were that I was there I felt like I wasn't doing anything you know your hands are tied right your hands are so tied I just I got flustered and frustrated all over again and then I was like well this isn't it (laughs) (laughs) so then I I shifted gears and I thought okay maybe I was wrong with medical you know there are other ways to help people And I see that this is all money-driven stuff. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I'm going is like something is money-driven. So let me go into banking, right? I know. So I'm in banking. I'm like, I can't stand it. (laughs) I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. It felt like I wasn't helpful. I just, it was very salesy. Yeah. At that time, I just had a hard time with that. I had a hard time with that. How do you sell a product that you don't know if you even love it? Right, right. You know? I deal with that all the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I struggled there too. And at that time, my friend got into chiropractic school. Okay. And she loved it. I mean, I have never seen someone talk so much <laughs> about a topic. Until you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she had me go and listen to a speaker I listened. I went to the school. I thought these people are crazy. I don't know what they're talking about. What is innate? Mm-hmm. I just innate intelligence. No sense, right? <laughs> Made no sense to me. Then I was still at a loss. And she said, okay, before you give up, shadow a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, all right. I'm always been open-minded and always been open to possibilities and why close the door, right? So I I thought, okay, let me go shadow a chiropractor. I went to shadow a chiropractor and that was it. I fell in love right away. 
it took me back to the hospital mm-hmm. in a sense, but it was this time we put our hands on someone to take care of them. We touch what's hurting. Right. We ask questions. Um, right away, those patients from that day of shadowing were saying how it changed their lives, how they feel so much better, how they move so much better, how they love coming to that office. And so I shadowed for a little bit longer, and it didn't take much before I thought, okay, I'm going to chiropractic school. I have this gut feeling that this is good for me. Yeah. So then, you know, I go into chiropractic school and coming out or even throughout chiropractic school, I've always been good with my hands. Mm -hmm. So that's a check. I can teach and talk and educate. So that's a check. It's still within all my classes still made sense. My background still made sense. Um, I could still help people. My thought was, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Before. Sure, yeah. Why is it as a college student, I didn't know about chiropractic in high school? Had no idea. You know, people in my community didn't go to chiropractors. Right. I never knew anyone who had seen a chiropractor. I had never been exposed to chiropractic ever. So walking into this space, I thought to myself, well, why? Why didn't I know that this was a field of medicine, mm-hmm. of healthcare, and that that still upsets me. Yeah, because I don't think I heard about a chiropractic care until my mom got in a car accident, and mm-hmm. that was like sometime in the nineties, maybe early two thousands. I don't remember what time is, but that right there is definitely you know I remember just the doctor was it, the family doctor is it. And then there's like a, cause I had to get some orthoscopic stuff done and you know, there's the sports science of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. But the chiropractic is just as important as everything else. Cause it's your bones. And I wish I had kind of like found this out earlier because I think going back to it, like all the, cause I have the chronic pain with, with my back having a bulging disc in there. And the only time that I felt any kind of significant relief was with chiropractic care. And if I had known that beforehand and started going to it when I was younger to make sure that that stuff is built up, I mm-hmm. feel like I would have had a better overall experience with everything. So is that kind of the, the, the reason why that drove you to really pursue the chiropractic to where you can actually get your hands on it sooner? Yes. Yes. Um, I, I was astonished to see at that time. I remember thinking, wait a minute. I worked for years in an ER and we never sent anyone. We never, we referred everywhere. Right. And we never referred to a chiropractor and we saw back pain every day. Right. Yeah. Every single day, somebody came in with back pain every single day. Somebody came in with a headache or neck pain. And just for those alone, not to pigeonhole chiropractic to that, but just for those symptoms alone, I know that we never, we never referred to a chiropractor. Yeah. And so that made me think it really, it upset, it upset me then. And I wasn't even a chiropractor. So I'm 
you know, now I just get furious about it. Because right? <laughs> yeah. that is but, weird that it's not part of like the network, right? It's it's right. it's almost like deemed as Chinese medicine, acupuncture, like it's it's always like that alternative stuff, right? Like yes. that's what it's lumped in. Like it's very much stereotypical or not stereotypical, it's stereotyped into being this like not uh not backed science it's all like mystic stuff it's all like yeah go ahead and and some herbs and we'll crack your back a little bit and that's kind of like what it's perceived as for i feel like most of of the medical field and most of the actual people that need the treatment which is crazy to me because it is such again like a, a foundation of taking care of yourself and Absolutely. why it was kind of like pushed into the 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 background or the side I don't really understand right you know and you could even just to show that you know yes I'm a chiropractor but even if I took my chiropractic lens off or hat off right. so to speak and we think about wellness and let's talk about massages right we have this idea that you get a massage as some type of luxury, this, you know, I'm going to get a massage because it's self care day. Right. You know, that comes along. Yeah. Yeah, That comes along every, you know, mother's day or (laughs) some special occasion, my birthday. And I went and got a massage, but if you think about your body and how it works for you every single day, and we think about fashion, think about, movement of you know our lymphatic system our our muscles our fat the benefits and the healing you know um processes of getting a therapeutic massage i mean there's nothing like it yeah and it's a very night and day difference between like the commercial massages that are out that are like what you're talking about spa day self-care day and the therapeutic i have like personal experience with this because of all the stuff that i've been dealing with with my back and neck that it's it's a, a way different kind of massage. And you definitely get the work into it rather than this like stress relieving, I guess. And mm-hmm. it's nowhere near like the like all the parodies of the chopping on the back or anything like that. <laughs> so I I always find that funny because I think the first time that I had one, that's definitely what I was expecting. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna get beat up for a little bit and it's gonna be all right. And then that's not <laughs> what happened. Uh, I still felt beat up because we were going through like what you're talking about, like that that fascia and trying to get into it and break it all up, right? Mm-hmm. All the tension that you're feeling to your point, you know, your body works for you every day. You should probably relieve the stress a little bit here and there. Right. And it's definitely, it's definitely helpful. And it's the same thing with even like dry needling or anything like that, where uh-huh. that it's designed to just break up the the normal wear and tear on your body that is causing you to not like life as much right right when we think about you know all of the different autoimmune disorders that have this myofascial component to it fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. right you know different different things that people are experiencing and having chronic pain syndromes only prescribing medications for pain right for pain why not do both why not have a system where you can prescribe x number of massages and x number of chiropractic adjustments and x number of you know nutritional support right and guidance 
so many different things that we could be doing besides just throwing some medicine at it. Love the medicine. Necessary for when it's necessary, right? Absolutely. Would never take anything away from that. However, we are not fixing anything. If that's all that creates more dependency and it doesn't allow people to have the autonomy to understand, hey, I have control in everything else that I'm doing. You play a part in how you're moving, how you're eating, your habits, your lifestyles, you know, all of these different things have a component that you yourself can do. I tell people all the time, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing to say, I'll be honest, but I say you have to be your own doctor. You have to be. No one can be your doctor. You are first and foremost the sole person for your body, the sole provider for your body. You know, you know what you're eating. You can come into this room and tell me whatever you want to tell me, mm-hmm. but you know what you've been doing. You know mm-hmm. how you've been doing it. You know, so many times we close the doors and I hear all these stories of like, okay, so what really happened? <laughs> okay, it's okay. But with a lot of people, it takes a lot of time for us to build that trust yeah. where you can say, hey. I think that's what it is, is, is the the trust part of it, right? Like I know for for me and my history with doctors is that I've seen multiple doctors over the years. Like I don't have a family one, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that kind of relationship built into that. And I know every time I see someone new, I'm always a little nervous or embarrassed to like admit all the things that I'm A, not doing or B, doing that is not good for my body that I also know is not good for my body. Right. So that, that level of trust right there has to be something that, that you think of. Now, my, my question for you is that it, it sounds like you had that kind of mindset of treating the whole person right out of the gate. Did right. that mindset jive with the chiropractic practices that you are part of before opening your own? Yes. Yes and no. So, so part of where that mindset came from was wanting something different for a long time. Even as a kid, I, I grew up, my family doctor was Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. We went to her because she understood the language. She understood the food. You know, you just felt comfortable. You knew everything. Right. Yeah. And I remember when she passed away, I remember thinking, man, you know, I was very young, but I remember thinking, who are we going to go to now? Yeah, yeah. You know? And she left such a lasting impact um, on my life. It was also because of the space that she created. Mm-hmm. So with chiropractic, I expected rose colored glasses again, because now I'm, I'm going into chiropractic and now I think I can save the world. Right. Because right? you're fully refreshed, fully re-engaged, fully everything, right. right? I'm like, back, this is it. I found <laughs> it. Right. So now you come out and real life starts to set in again. And once again, you know, there's a time crunch. Mm-hmm. There is the system of it all, of how, in, you know, working with insurances and how that yeah. has to kind of go so that insurance companies understand what you're doing and believe in what you're doing and trust that you're not over, you know, over adjusting or over prescribing something. Right. I want to say that most, if not all chiropractors have that fundamental, we want to heal with our hands. Mm-hmm. We want to help people. I think that when you come out into a system where 
it's not always, it's not designed for wellness. Right. It's not designed for wellness. So you find yourself in spaces where you're still kind of looking at the clock or, you know, money is a huge factor Mm -hmm. on whether or not you're going to keep your practice open or not. You know, it's just hard. Yeah. It's difficult. Is that answering the question? Yeah, for sure. Because it, it, it kind of takes some of the, the shine off of it when you yes. get into the nitty gritty of it, right? Absolutely. Like what we were saying, you were so refreshed and rejuvenated to get into the field to just help people, right? And right. then you're just remembering, oh yeah, there's a business part of this that is not great. That, right. that you have to, to buck a whole system kind of to even get what you want to do done. And I think the other thing that you were talking about that I wanted to to hone in on again is that like your doctor knew everything about your culture, your food, the way that that works. And we're going to so many doctors that that real like relationship building is just not there anymore. And right. it, it becomes to where like, oh, this doctor's really good with surgery. This doctor's really good with issues with with joints. This doctor's really good. So you don't see, at least in my my personal history, and then I know most of my generation, we don't see the same people all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. really just another name, face, and what they do well in. And then a lot of times you even don't even know what the face is, right? And you're just going for that specific thing rather than, again, talking about the whole person. So I, I think that's, uh, um, it sounds a little disheartening uh, to go in there and, and be like, yeah, I'm going to change the world and be like, nah, you got to pay these bills first. So how did, how did you combat that? Like, were you able to look at it and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to join these other practices for a little bit. And then once I can figure out how to make a bigger impact on my own, that's what I'll do. Well, that wasn't my initial thought my my initial thought was well i i need to find someone who who feels how i feel about okay. and about the care and about the impact and about chiropractic and who hasn't who hasn't kind of let the system and life get to them right and that's why i practice where i practice because i found someone that really understood man you know i love chiropractic you love chiropractic okay this <laughs> is great you know this is great so that's that's why i chose that and then what i decided was as i'm as i'm working and i'm seeing it and i I'm, I'm building these relationships i go i start thinking to myself well how could i make this fit me right cuz this didn't fit me it didn't fit me I would hum in all of my sessions. I felt like I just kind of wanted to, I don't know. In my mind, I was like barefoot and just <laughs> dusting and just a crazy person. You're having fun. You're enjoying yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, you're into it. I, very much, very much. Um, so in chiropractic, there's the art and the science and the philosophy of chiropractic. Okay. So the art is what you're doing with your hands and how you visualize when I, 
bring your knees, when I bring your ankles up, what I'm seeing your pelvis is doing. When I mm-hmm. turn your body, what I see is happening. I can visualize it. I could see which muscles are activating, which muscles are not activating, um, which joints are moving, which joints aren't. I can feel and palpate with my hands, you know, when I've got good joint play and when I don't. Mm-hmm. All of that, there's an art to it. So you kind of have to lose yourself in that and and be able to go, okay, this is what we're feeling here. This is what we're moving. And that's part of why I like to take my time. Right. I don't want to ever feel rushed during an adjustment because for me and how I am practicing, that's important to me. Yeah. Energy that I'm giving off because I believe in energy. Yeah. You know, the energy in a room is important, but the energy also going through your hands, you know, in that moment of time is really important. So. I realized, okay, I need, I need to create that. I need to have a space where I feel comfortable to be me and to connect in that way. It was then that I saw, okay, insurance isn't it. The same yeah. way I went, okay, ER isn't it, profit wasn't it. I thought right away, I said, insurance isn't it. How can I do this where insurance isn't it? And that's why we're in the practice that we are. Mm-hmm. I was able to create this practice and say, hey, we're not going to mess around with insurance. We can give you a super bill. You can bill that off to insurance. We can tell insurance companies exactly what we did. And that's no problem there. However, I don't want to be pigeonholed into, you know, you have to like code it this way. You have to say this and you have to do right. that. I just want to do what I do. And I don't want staff who are, you have to hire all of these people because you have to figure out, you know, did you code it right? And then did you send it to these people? And then this, and then did it come back? It doesn't make sense. We're putting all of this money into our insurances every month. And then it comes time for you to actually get care and there's no money. Right. We're still paying these co-pays and these deductibles. The whole system doesn't make any sense. It does not. There's, <laughs> There's plenty of loops to go through and definitely hoops to go through. And like the, it's so much red tape and so much that you have to think about that's not care centered. Right. All of it is just the, the background of what a business is, which is a good way to think about it. But it is also tough to balance, I would assume, balance a business with trying to care for people. And and trying to find that system that works for you, because I think one of the the other things that you kind of hit on is there is a warmth to you. There is a a way that you want to create an environment that people can talk to you, that they can be honest and that they feel safe in. Right. And when you go to different doctor offices, it's very cold. It's disconnected. It's a little bit more matter of fact. Some of the doctors out there are really good at trying to explain the stuff to you, right? right? About what's happening, about what they're going to end up doing. I think my my issue with some of that cuz I'm I'm going through this again this year with my back is that there are doctors who want to actually be able to to speak and and break it down but don't have the idea of what the language means to anybody else. So you can be very technical. You can be very, uh, this is the L5, this is an S1, this is an SI joint, whatever it is, right? But if you don't actually talk about it in a simpler terms, 
that right. people understand, then it's all going to be just like the, the peanuts teacher. Meh, 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 meh. Like that's, right. that's not going to work out. And I think with the approach that you're taking, it's very much a, a welcoming, warming, and then like it's part of that teaching thing and trying to get to the, the baseline of a person to where you can enhance that, right? Right. Absolutely. I thought right away, everyone will see the vision, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what I'm trying to do. This is, makes lots of sense. And I'm, of course, not the first chiropractor to have this vision and to want it. Maybe we're, we're all, every chiropractor is different. And I tell everyone that every single chiropractor has to be different. Yeah. So don't ever take an experience with one chiropractor to be your experience with all. We'll all have different techniques. There are so many different techniques. I mean, so many, right? Way beyond the, what I do in my, in my office. But you can find someone that really resonates with you and is able to help and heal your body in the way that you need it. Mm-hmm. So that's a really important point, point I wanted to make sure to make. But when I started this, this practice, I thought, okay, everyone will get it. Like we all understand the frustration with insurance. We all understand that, hey, if we had done X, Y, and Z better, if we had been getting these adjustments since we were kids, mm-hmm. you know, jumping off of beds and, you know, falling in the playground yeah, and falling <laughs> off a tree, doing, doing what kids do, right? Doing what kids do. Yeah. And we were growing up with these adjustments. We wouldn't be, you know, definitely not in your 20s with back pain. Yeah. You know? And I hear yeah. that all the time. This started in middle school. This started in high school. This started, you know, I was 22 and I'm thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> you're in your forties and we're here yeah. today yeah. getting yeah. your first adjustment, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, my first thought was, okay, everyone will get this because aren't we all frustrated? Aren't right. we all seeing that this is a broken system? And that has not been my complete experience. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the perception of chiropractic care? Oh, yes, for sure. I think the perception of chiropractic care and also, you know, when it's the only system, you know, and this is the system you grow up in with insurance and, you know, you only go when you're sick. There's that too. So falling in line with the system and doing something quote unquote alternative now, suddenly, you know, there's, there's a huge like, um, cognitive dissonance with that, like, wait a minute, don't tell me what I've done my whole life is wrong. Right. You know, and I'm here going, wait a minute, I don't mean to say it like that. <laughs> so yes, both. Yeah. Cause the, the alternative of it all, that's, that's where it gets to where you can automatically pop up what these quote unquote stereotypical people look like, right? Like the, okay, they're, they're way more free loving and, and it's, it's witch cults. It's, uh, you know, there's, it's all mumbo jumbo. Like that's, that's what people think about when, when they, when you say alternative care, like it, it shouldn't be an alternative. It should just be a different branch of care, right? right. Sh- care is care. Right. So the, the other thing that I think about now too is especially with, with my generation is kind of like the embracing of therapy even yes. though it's a little bit too late for, for a lot of people, we still have a lot of uh, breakthrough 
to go with with our adulthood with that and kind of like the the struggles that we had when we were younger but it's the same kind of idea that you're taking to where if i had you earlier then we could have prevented a lot of this stuff and it's it's just the maintenance and the preventativeness of it and i think also like the the way that it's perceived is really just a big dude breaking not breaking your bones but like pulling your body apart and then all you hear are all these snaps cracks and pops and you're just like okay uh i don't want to do that that sounds awful that's not how that should work right and especially with me not being a big person yeah right i'm five two (laughs) and google (laughs) we'll give you we'll give you five three how's that you want that oh I definitely didn't make that cut. <laughs> I don't believe that one. But yeah, you know, being and then being so critique, I think people look at me sometimes and I hear it. It's not just my my thought, but I'll hear, oh, you can do that. Are you sure? Yeah. Are, are you sure you can, you know, are you sure? And I go, I think to myself, well, now there's that idea that your chiropractor needs to be someone really big and mighty. So we can crack, crack, pop, 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 right? But that's the thing. Now we've put chiropractic into you've got to crack and pop. And Mm -hmm. if you're not cracking and popping, you're not adjusting. No, you're not a real chiropractor there either. So it feels like you're just dodging bullets left and right from me sometimes. Whoa, I can't make myself bigger, but I can adjust you. Well, that's good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you could use platforms, I guess, to get more more leverage. And I have sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have some height. But, you know, guys, now the tables will actually come down and up. Right. Yeah. Technology has, has almost caught up with you, right? Technology has definitely caught up with us, thankfully. But going back to the perceptions of chiropractic, I remember doing a um, a talk for a group of OBGYNs talking about chiropractic and pregnancy Mm -hmm. and the importance of, Hey, it's very simple. It's a very simple thought, right? Pregnant woman, classic of your joints are moving. Your body is changing. Let's help this realignment in the very basic, simple chiropractic terms, right? Let's help this realignment. And that's not even talking about nervous system. And having this conversation with a group of OBGYNs and they didn't want to hear it. No really? one asked the question. Yes. And I rem- I left that day and I went home and I just cried. Because once again, it kind of triggers me back towards, you know, you're not doing anything to change. Right. And you've got doctors that now are listening but not listening to you or twiddling thumbs or not, or on their phones because they think that, you know, you talking about this, even though I'm throwing out the statistics and saying, hey, we have X number of women with back pain during their pregnancy. We have this going on, all of these things. We have these rates of um, uh, cesareans in this, mm-hmm. in this country. We have all of these different things. And I go, I can help. Chiropractic can help. And no one in the room said anything. No one in the room of physicians had questions and no one in the room even took my information to refer. So then I thought, okay, we're going to, I'm going to go to the pediatricians. I'm going to talk to the, to the ones not always prescribing medicines or, you know, just they're dealing with kids. Right. Right. 
let's talk to them about chiropractic and kids. And they're almost a more holistic approach too, right? Right. Because, you know, your pediatrician is most likely to say, hey, some rest. Hey, this is your body working. Hey, this, you know, some soup, some tea, some honey. I don't know. Right. At least that's what my pediatrician did. Yeah. 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 So these pediatricians that I spoke with said, you know, this all sounds good, but we can't refer to you because of malpractice, because of, well, what if we referred to someone to you and they were hurt? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and I also heard there's no science behind what you do. Right. That's it's kind of the real. big one, right? That's, that's yes. always the, the big one because it's always, again, that alternative label like like you don't understand what a skeleton is, like you don't understand what the joints are, like you don't understand how all that hits with the nervous system or the muscles. I would also assume like pregnant women have so much pressure on their back and their spine and their hips at that point too. Like I know with me, with my issues and me being not in the best shape, that's probably hindering me even more. So I can't imagine like the pressures that would build. And then you have something inside of you like kicking around right. and, and it makes sense if you think about it, if you stop and, and look at it from the outside in, it totally makes sense that, yeah, you should probably fix their joints up a little bit. You should probably make sure that they're fully in line because they're probably not. And then right. the, the other part about that that I wonder is like the, for the OBGINs, they're so specialized in one thing that they think they know everything and they're not taking it as a holistic approach. So they're not going to pay you any mind. Right. But that's the thing here, in my opinion, what's wrong with the system is it's very broken down. Yeah. So your neurologist isn't necessarily speaking with your cardiologist, who's not speaking with your endocrinologist, who's been not speaking with your nephrologist, who's not speaking with your, possibly your chiropractor. You know, like the communication between all these different branches of medicine. But when you think about it, all these different branches of medicine are in one body. Exactly. Exactly. They're in one body. You've got it all right there, you know? So to think that we are this, we're all these broken pieces, Mm -hmm. that doesn't even make sense. The idea of holistic care shouldn't sound so strange. Right. You know, it shouldn't sound so strange. Um, I absolutely understand why we have to refer out to a cardiologist or a neurologist. Yes, because someone then took their knowledge, right, of medicine and then said, I'm going to specialize in this. I'm going to do, this is going to be my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Get it. I 100% get it. But then if we're going to do that, the communication between all of these different channels has to be almost pristine. Yeah. Hey, this is what I'm finding. Hey, this is what's going on. And then also what you were saying about malpractice too is is everybody's always afraid of that now, right? Afraid of being right. sued, afraid of the whole thing. But you were getting refused referrals basically because of the perception of what if someone gets hurt in your care, even right. though it can be the same thing in every single other branch. Right. But because I guess your hands are on them a little bit more rather than looking at a chart then it's a little bit different, I guess. I I don't know. I mean, maybe, but 
it doesn't make sense because as a doctor, I have my own malpractice. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not adjusting in your space. I'm adjusting in my space. And so if I were to do anything wrong, that's my malpractice and my license. Right. Um, as a board certified chiropractor, I've asked pediatrician, uh, one particular pediatrician, I said, hey, come, come to my space. Watch me adjust the child. We're co-managing care and you don't even know about it. So I want you to see what I'm doing with this, this child that also then comes to your office. And he flat out said no. And the fact that um, we have doctors who are not willing to say, hey, what do you do? How do you do it? Okay, this could maybe help with this person. Well, that part just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because everything's interconnected, right? Oh, yes. Like what you said, you have so many different branches that are all in one body. One body. So you would think that every person would have like a team of doctors for them. Right. Right. Because they right. all talk to each other. Like the brain damage can affect psychological issues. Chronic pain can also affect psychology and mood and create depression. Like that's that's definitely a part of it too. And then obviously your heart can go into your your nervous system, your your brain, the whole nine, right? So you have all the blood, the all of that is all in one body. So why wouldn't we all bring it together? Right. I have um, one person who is, I don't know, can I name insurance companies? Kaiser? Sure. Yeah, sure. Right? If you want to. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, maybe you could talk, you know, we have a great rapport. Maybe you could talk to your, your, um, your OBGYN and say, hey, you know, I have this chiropractor who does X, Y, and Z, and this could be a good connection for us to make. Well, this particular physician, aside, we don't, in Kaiser, we don't refer out to chiropractors. And to me, it really almost just stops my heart when I think about it. Yeah. You mean to tell me that you, you yourself understand the benefits of chiropractic care. However, for your patient in the room who is having X, Y, and Z, right, with a joint um, issue or a back issue or whatever, you wouldn't refer out to a chiropractor because what would it do to Kaiser if you did that? It's mind blowing. Yeah. But once again, you know, it's no one particular person's fault It's simply that the system that we're in this bubble that we're in the cycle that we we're in, you know, and rather than point fingers as to who created it and who's helping it go along. And obviously money mm-hmm. is a huge factor, mm-hmm. right? In terms of malpractice and, you know, Anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but the malpractice rates for a chiropractor are much lower than that of most physicians, much lower, significantly lower. We're not performing surgery. Yeah. We're not putting you up. There's this idea that it's big and scary. And I heard once that someone got hurt, you know? I heard once that this, did, I heard somewhere that chiropractic caused a stroke, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want me to say how many times I've heard medications get recalled, how many times I've heard surgeries gone wrong, how many people have come in with, like, I was diagnosed with this, but it was actually that, you know? 
so much has has happened or so much can be said to all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't even know themselves why they're scared of a chiropractor. Right. And that also goes back to your point of being like your, your own doctor. Like you should know how your body works. You should know what's wrong. You should also have kind of like this idea of what you need to really get care for. It's, it's so weird to me that it's just not an option. And we only, we only go to it when we're broken and when we're, it's already a thing. Like when it, again, when, when we're already at the, oh, this hurts, this shouldn't hurt so much. Why does this hurt? Like it's, it's just so weird. And then the, the malpractice of it all, that perception, that big perception of, oh yeah, that I heard cracks and I heard all this stuff. And I don't know, like I cracked my own neck driving and I hurt myself doing that. I'm not a professional. The professional helped me fix it. Like that's, that's the whole idea that, and that's the, the issue that I have is that like, you just hurt yourself normally. Like you can, you can do anything in the world. You can walk and then now your, your ankle is broken like that. So to go in there and I think it's interesting that if, if it's true, like the malpractice being much lower for chiropractors, just because you don't have like what you're saying, the major surgery part of it, right? You don't have, oh, I'm going to cut you open. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's just there to kind of get you in line. Um, And then I do want to talk a little bit. So you were saying how you were young, that that motherly instinct was always part of you. And I think a bigger part of your practice that you're trying to get to now is like the doula side of it. And obviously the pregnant woman care and then also the children care, the even the infants, right? They're they're right. part of you. The the whole the whole shebang, right? Right. So was that something that you really wanted to do with Kalai? Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. Is that something that you really wanted to to fold into your your working with that? Absolutely. Just because going back to how we started, my thought process is if I'm trying to avoid coming in at the end, why not start at the beginning, right? And in the beginning, and we're talking conception and we're talking being in your best, being your best self, um, having good nervous system care and support during the time that you are trying to conceive all the way through your labor and delivery, the impact that you're having as a chiropractor on a mother, on a pregnant person. And of course, all of that translate because, translates to baby Yeah, because they're connected. Seeing children for me has been, I mean, I don't, I can't really talk about it without crying because I feel like I found where I can make the difference that I want to make how this all started was kind of has led me back to being able to, you know, call myself a perinatal and pediatric specialist, a perinatal pediatric chiropractor, adjusting pregnant people during that time and that, that time in their lives where they're bringing in a new life. And then a baby who has all of this potential, but their nervous system may be stuck somewhere. Their mm-hmm. joints may not be moving as freely as they should be. And when we talk joints, you have to remember every single vertebra in the body creates a joint with the adjacent segment. Mm-hmm. And when we make small changes through adjustments, 
the nervous system input, the change that that, ba- that child has, right? It's night and day. Still, I, I have to be honest, I get frustrated. Like, for example, one of, uh, one of the people, one of my clients that I've treated, you know, we saw this person during her pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, we have baby, baby's earth side. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and you say, okay, bring baby in. Yeah. You know, let's bring baby in. Let's get baby adjusted because why not? Right. You got to give me a reason as to why we wouldn't make sure the joint is, the joints and the spine is moving the way that it should. And we're not getting baby adjusted. Right. And we're not getting baby adjusted and I'm going home and you can ask Allie, I go, Allie, like, is there something I'm missing in what I'm educating? Am I not saying something? Am I not resonating? And then I get a call and goes, baby now has reflux. Baby is, is constipated. Baby is something. Mm -hmm. Can I bring the baby in? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You can bring the baby in, (laughs) but Hey, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, for me as, as a, a provider, I have to remind myself that you're constantly still working against a system that wasn't trained to say, Hey, so now working with a doula, that's been the best part. The doula is there saying, Hey, look, we get why chiropractic works. Chiropractic makes our lives so much easier. Mm-hmm. You're getting adjusted. You're going to have a shorter labor. You're going to be so much happier with your experience. Please go get adjusted. I'm like, I love every doula ever. (laughs) Doula partner. She's amazing. So working together has been really great. Yeah. And I feel that shift and I feel that momentum happening where people are going, oh, okay. Oh, you know, there are lots of people that we should be seeing and lots of ways that we could do this. And hopefully bringing upon more natural births yeah, because there really is a reason for why our bodies do what they do and how they do it. And it would be good to get back to that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What do you think you've learned most about yourself throughout your, your journey with chiropractic care? I've learned, I've learned to, to stick to, to my purpose. You know, sometimes it feels like the kid in class, being like the kid in class who's just different from everyone. Yeah. You know, it just feels like, well, I remember my parents going, oh, sorry, are you going to work in a hospital now? I'm not going to work in a hospital. I don't don't see that they like me. (laughs) And I don't like them. I've already been through it. Yeah, I've been through it. And it's not that I don't like them. I just, there is something else out there. Yeah. You know, there's something else and it doesn't fit into that puzzle and they can exist because they need to be there and I need to be there too. It feels like constantly having to ask for a seat at the table. Now what I've learned about myself is I'm comfortable with saying, Hey, I have a seat at this table. I belong here. Hi, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Dr. Akilu, call me Dr. A. This is what I do. I help moms and babies. Do you want to hear about it? Because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? And to have that conversation, that's what I've learned. That's, that's what I've learned. I've learned that it's okay to be you. It's okay to be different. You know, go ahead. You know, yeah. and it's, it's just 
just kind of do you. Yeah, it's okay to hum while you're trying to help someone, right? It's okay right. To, it's it's nice to to sing and to have fun and to enjoy your work. I think that's something that uh, we miss a lot just in uh, the society that we're in, right? That we yeah. go to work begrudgingly rather than going to work to fill a purpose, I think is uh, is definitely something that's a great thing to fall into or like pursue. Now, with that idea and that purpose and that that grander idea of trying to impact so many people, how do you balance that with actually trying to run a business and especially in a social media world where you have to really right. put yourself out there and get people to actually listen to you. Because when we look at it, that alternative tag is still there, right? Right. So you're always struggling to say, hey, look at me, look at me, I can help you. Right. Right. And then the the education piece, I would assume, is something that you might want to try to uh, put more content out for. Right. Absolutely. Trying to put more content out about educate, uh, like the education piece. I remember getting frustrated with social media because I was putting out, I thought, uh, engaging content mm -hmm. because, you know, I like the, I don't know, the boring stuff. It's yeah. a, I think it's great. <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. So, you like the science of it all, right? I like the science of it all, but people like the popping and cracking sounds. Mm -hmm. you know, it's It's been work. So it's been getting hiring someone who is in media relations and understanding, Hey, why does this get engagement? And this doesn't, when should I be posting? What should I be posting? How should I be using this? Because social media is really a networking platform for yeah. businesses. That's yep. really what it is. So that's one thing months in, I decided, okay, I'm going to get a business coach mm -hmm. because there's a part of this that, I, you know, no one I know was helping me to figure stuff out, Yeah, you know, yeah. and I had a business coach that I started with and then I found myself kind of lost. And then I found another business coach who's also a chiropractor. And then that's been a really great fit because then I get both, mm -hmm. you know, the chiropractic support and in addition to the business support and that part, you know, she tells me all the time. Like you've got to sell yourself. Yeah. You know? And she goes, and you've been selling yourself since day one. This, this is what people do. Everyone says, hey, I am. Mm -hmm. Right? And you have to know who you are and what you're standing for. And now what I'm learning as I'm growing as a person, not just as an entrepreneur or as a doctor, but just as a person is when you don't sell yourself, you're selling yourself short. Right. Right. And why do that? Because everyone here, and that's just part of my personal belief, everyone has a purpose and everyone has a journey and everyone has a story and everyone has something that could benefit the next person. So if I don't tell you, and that's why I was so excited to do this, because for me, it means that there is someone, there could be someone listening. I think, okay, well, I'm only five, five, one. I, maybe I can, or I can't, and I should, and I shouldn't make this decision or, you know, whatever it is, it is. And it doesn't have to be just chiropractic. You got to sell yourself. Yeah. You, you really do. And sell yourself really just means believe in it. 
So if I don't tell someone about what I know works and they never do it, and then I hear, oh, you know, that just turned into this chronic thing and it never mm -hmm. got better. That's on, I feel like that's on me for not educating. So if you know something, do something. Like, like in the same way, like if you see something wrong, say something about it, right? If I know something better, I have to tell somebody, hey, I know that this is better because there were pains in my life and things that I went through and no one told me. Yeah. Do you think that's what keeps you motivated the most to keep pursuing chiropractic care overall? Yeah, I think so. For sure. That has definitely been what has kept me motivated with taking care of moms and kids because as much knowledge as there is and as as many resources exist in the World Wide Web, right? People still don't know. It's almost like being bombarded with a lot of information and just going, what do I do? Exactly. Yeah, because it's just a big wall of text. Right? right. Or you go down this rabbit hole of, oh, I have this symptom. I have this symptom. Oh, it's cancer. This symptom. This symptom. <laughs> oh, it's cancer. Right? Like that's. I'm horror. This is right? what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> So it's always it's always silly to to think about that too. It's just like okay, you have you have all these resources, but I always feel like you need like a sherpa, like a guide. And I yeah. think that's that's where it boils down to to where if you can get the care and the teaching and the education part of it together, that's right. gonna that's gonna be a way bigger impact than just being like okay, take this medicine, like right. enjoy. You see me in like three or four months. I don't really care that much. My, my hope and my vision is that I can create um, a network of resources for clients where I can say, hey, oh, you're struggling, struggling with X. Okay, well, that's not really my lane, but I know so-and-so mm -hmm. that does great with that. And so-and-so and I have a rapport where if there's something I need to be doing or not doing, then we communicate, right? And we have that because, you know, what you may be struggling with, maybe a nutritional deficiency, and we haven't quite figured that part out. Well, this person's going to go do your, your blood work and X, this person's going to do this and we're going to figure it out for you. That's, that's our job as doctors to, to do that. And that's why working with the doula is so great because I have someone taking care of this whole other side of things that I don't know anything about. Right. And I do this and it helps her. And when she does helps me and it just, it works together. And then who benefits the person, Exactly. the person that we're caring for benefits. And that's the vision. And I hope as, it, as this, as Kalai grows, that we have more of that. We have more people that go, we really trust in chiropractic and what you're doing here. And we're going to, you know, we're going to say, okay, when I, when we have someone walking into our doors with a complaint or with something that we know could be benefit with something that you could benefit, you could give them, mm -hmm. we're going to send them here and vice versa. Now I know off the top of my head, oh, you need, you need x-rays and I said, so-and-so. You know, you need this. We're going to go here. It should be a village. Yeah. It takes a village, right? That's the, the whole idea. Yeah. Uh, so you're trying to like the, I would say then the, the ultimate goal for you is 
basically create like a, a network, right? Of yeah. of all these different options. Now, do you see yourself where you want to focus on one specific like group of people? Um, is there something where you're just trying to focus on like touching as many people and impacting as many people as you can? My focus is on perinatal and pediatric. So during uh, pregnancy, postpartum, and pediatric care, that's where my specialty lies. Mm -hmm. Now, because that's my specialty, because we work on the nervous system so much and because I have special techniques that I use, that I got from that extra training beyond school it makes me really good at adjusting the pelvis. And guess why everybody's got a pelvis, right? And so um, I find that that is why a lot of men benefit from my adjustments. They're like, oh, you know, my chiropractor doesn't do it like that, you know? And it's a little different. I think that those techniques have really uh, allowed it to be a, a practice, or at least for me, to be someone that could, care for many different people, but my niche is really there in, in moms and kids. And one day, maybe just kids. (laughs) I love them the best. (laughs) I love the kids. I love, I love, I love the kids. It just makes me feel like, man, at that age, when I say at that age, um, I had a consultation last week uh, and mom wants to bring in her, I think it's two month old. Okay. Right. And the question was like, how young, how old, you know, when do you start chiropractic yeah. care? Yeah. I would adjust a newborn. I would adjust the day baby was born. Right. That is a gift to your baby. Well, it's all cramped, right. And trying to come out and yeah, that makes so much sense. Yes. And you know what I say, say you're, Babies have something happen to them that day that they'll never have happen again. Right. They're never going to go through a hole that small. And they're never going to get pulled and held by the, their neck exactly. ever again. Yeah. I didn't even right? think about that part. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never let anyone ever do it again. But you let it happen this one time, right? And now that first traumatic experience, give me a chance to help fix that. To help make some changes based off of that moment right there. And that can lead to a world of a difference in a child's nervous system. A world of a difference. The most heartbreaking stories for me are, you know, the traumas that some kids have after birth and are never corrected. Some stories that I hear a mom or dad, dads, dads. I Sometimes I have moms that say, I really want to bring you know, let's say Johnny, I really mm. want to bring Johnny in for an adjustment, but dad is not having it. Dad's Weird. like, okay. nobody's cracking and whacking. My <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> fair. Know? Okay. Yeah. And it's fair. And I get it. Um, I just sometimes think like, you know, what do you think I'm going to do to your child? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You know, I get it. But with that being said, Let's understand the nervous system. Let's have an understanding and a conversation about brain development, about, you know, we were just putting helmets on babies and saying, this is going to help shape your head, your, your child's head. Well, you know, what's in your child's skull is their brain. Yeah. Right. And so we're not adjusting the skull. 
or cranial bones. And we're not adjusting into the neck and we're not adjusting these things. Well, you know, question mark around brain development. I have one kiddo right now where part of his development um, and some of the traumas that he experienced early into his development, early, you know, before, before labor and delivery Mm -hmm. is being expressed. And I tell mom, talk to your children, talk to your babies, because while babies can't necessarily speak and say, yes, this happened to me. Yes, this happened. Or, Hey, this is how I feel. They understand and they sense, and they are trying to communicate with you in every which way possible. And just after first, second adjustment, already we're seeing changes and mom is going, I can't believe that he, you know, doesn't do this anymore. And he's not walking just on his tiptoes and, you know, just all these little changes. Yeah. 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 It's just the education and, you know, it's a lot. I went to school for a long time (laughs) to try to wrap it all in one is, you know, one session is never going to happen. That's where you really hope that you're building a connection and saying, we're going to learn a little bit at a time. And we're going to also see change as that, that learning is happening. And then you're going to try to have the biggest impact on the most amount of people, right? That is my hope. At least an impact on children. I like it. Yeah. If I can convince a child to one day, you know, go to become a chiropractor, I think that would be the dream. Yeah. We talked about the network. Is there anything else that you really want out of Kalai in the future? Out of Kalai in the future? Um, to be a, a happy and safe space for people. I want Kalai to grow to its potential and just be a place that is consistent, always giving consistent care to the community. I, that's really it. And just be a place where you, I, hey, I know that at Kalai, I'm going to be taken care of. And if that's not the right place for me, they're going to help me find 